right, welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumble full of Hendrix. I got a mind full of thoughts. Let's go. Let's go. Happy Tuesday, and let's jump right the fuck in as I move my chair. Hashtag unprofessional. Gang, the first one up, I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, and I I, I saw my main man, Kyle Kalinske. Y'all know who that is? Uh, the guy who hosts Secular Talk? I've been following Kyle, shit, a better portion of seven, eight years. And for those that follow Secular Talk, y'all remember when he first started out? He looked like he was shooting from a fucking back of a public library. Right now, look at his studio. Man, the dude is doing it. Dude is doing it. Do I agree with everything he says? No. Shit, gang. Half the time I sit here and run off at the mouth, half the shit that comes out of my mouth, I wonder do I agree with. So, no, we don't agree with everything everyone says. But I like Kyle. And Kyle fucked around, and he found uh, a tweet, and he retweeted it. And hold on, where's Buddy? Oh, there he is. And the caption on his tweet was some along the lines of, you know, fuck all the way off. The reason why he said that, he retweeted something. And on the uh, left-hand side, it was Shikari Richardson, the uh, former Olympic sprinter who literally smoked her way off of the fucking Olympic team. I- I'm still upset by that. Again, that the fact that she smoked weed, no. I'd be a hypocrite if I said that. I'm pissed off because she was stupid, right? But then on the right-hand side of the screen, apparently it's a picture of her Olympic replacement. And I'm trying to remember the exact quote, so I'm not going to get close. So it was definitely something along the lines of, you know, she felt that God used this, you know, opportunity to suspend Shikari so that she can get on the team and, you know, spread the word of Jesus Christ and teach kids just to say no to drugs, something like that, right? And because I hate myself, I scroll through the comment section. Gang, don't ever scroll through the fucking comment section of anything. The comment section is always just fucking brutal. It doesn't matter what the actual content is. The comment section is for the smallest dicked people to feel like fucking Hercules. Right? I could make a video of my niece. You know, like, oh, Uncle Robert, it's fantastic. I made my first batch of blueberry muffins. Then some asshole's going to say something, and they only say it because I can't get my hands on them, right? It's like, oh, you stupid cunt bitch, why are you making muffins? It's like a kid making fucking muffins, right? The comment section of anything is always fucked up. But I was scrolling through the comments, and as it turns out, Kyle retweeted something that was not 100% factual. Well, guess what, fuckfaces? We all do that, right? You see something... And you're like, oh, well, fuck that. Then you hit the retweet button. Turns out it's not 100% true. Again, we've all done it. And instead of this person saying, hey, dog, just so you know, that tweet, that's about a half step behind. This is the actual factual. No, what did this asshole say? Hey, you fuck-faced, libtard, cuck, soy boy. I hope your parents die in a horrible accident. I hope when your wife gets pregnant, 
and it has a delivery. The kid is born with terminal illness, and you get to watch it die. How come you libtards don't do any fucking homework? All you guys do is spread fake news. And here's a link to the actual story. Okay, go fuck yourself. Again, it's like we've lost civility on social media. I don't know if we've ever had it. But it turns out, dude was right. It was a half-truth. Apparently that picture is a picture of her uh, replacement. That's not exactly what she said. It's just not. But here's the thing, gang, and this brings me to the first portion. Right? The reason why Kyle retweeted that, I think I could speak for him on this topic. The reason why you retweet that is because, gang, that's exactly what Christian athletes do. Right again, I'm coming from a spot as being a former Christian and a former athlete. Kyle retweeted that for the exact same reason I would. That's exactly what a Christian athlete would say, and which kind of brings us to the first portion, and that is the arrogant nature of fucking prayer. And I'm five minutes in, and I already feel like there's gravel in my throat. So hold on, you know what time it is. Mm, delicious. Jen and truth. Let's go. <clears throat> Big cough. Again, Kyle retweeted that content because it's not like that's unusual. That is standard bear right there, gang. And it's the arrogance to sit there and think. Now, let's say their God is real. Hashtag he's not. Grow the fuck up. But let's say the Christian God is actually real. Do you really mean to tell me? I told you, even in my holiest of rolling days, when I strapped on the gear and I went out on fucking uh, Memorial Stadium to play football, I never once prayed for victory. Even as a Christian, I was like, no, come on, guys. Are you serious? Because, again, if you're not familiar with Austin, the great divide is I-35. I-35 going east or the west of I-35, you're good to go for the most part. And I actually saw the paper. It was part of a, an assignment in my, one of my African-American studies classes. Someone found uh, the actual papers from like the 40s. It, it's, not, it, it's not a chance. It just wasn't, oh, that's how it ended up. It was planned. The city of Austin decided that I-35 would be the great divide. Everything west of I-35, basically your middle class, upper middle class, financially affluent. Everything on the right-hand side, the uh, east side of Austin, throwaways. It's, it's not a coincidence. The Where I Played Football, one of the richest stadiums, literally in the United States, is a half a mile removed from the most financially uh, desperate people the city has to offer. And I'm like, wait, we're praying for victory? So, so hold on, let me get this straight. We sit here and we play the University of fucking Arkansas, one of our most heated rivals. You mean to tell me that if we beat fucking Arkansas, God answered our prayers, but the person on the east side of Austin who can't afford next month's rent, they're three months behind, they're about to get evicted. He didn't answer those prayers? Oh, come on, guys. No. At best, gang, when I prayed, it was for everyone walk off the field underneath their own power. Because like I said before, if you've never been on a football field, 
when the neck board comes out because someone has snapped their fucking neck, the last thing you want to do is play football. So the only thing I ever prayed for athletically was let everyone walk off this field underneath their own power, right? Where's Buddy? There you go, Buddy. He's still asleep. Good Buddy. Good Q-tip. But again, it's not unusual. And that's why Kyle retweeted it. Because again, that's exactly what fucking uh, athletes do. Like, I remember it was, uh, who'd they play? But it was a Super Bowl. Uh, Seattle versus, I can't remember who, but they lost. And they lost smack dab on the last play on the goal line, everything. And I'm trying to remember the exact play, but I want to say it was like a play action pass type of thing. They got Marshawn Lynch. Again, some of y'all like, who the fuck is that? Let's just say Marshawn Lynch. He's a touchdown waiting to happen. Just add football. But it was something along the lines where he put the ball in Marshawn's bread basket, pulled it out, and then tried to throw the ball. I think it got, it, it did. It got intercepted. That killed their drive. They lost the game. In the post-game interview game, he straight up said, God wanted me to throw that interception to teach me a lesson. Can you guys not hear how fucking arrogant that sounds? I mean, it's disgustingly so. And I know this word has taken on a new meaning nowadays, but I was totally offended. Because here's the thing about Russell Wilson. On top of the fact that I don't like the Seahawks, I have never liked Russell Wilson. I don't even know why. He just has a punchable face, right? I really think I would be a happier person if I can physically assault that man. It's like Colt McCoy. I shouldn't say this about another Texas Longhorn football player. I've only met him once. And if you said to Colt, hey, you remember Robert Reed? He'd be like, who the fuck is that? He doesn't know me. I'm older than he is. But we met once. I want to punch Colt McCoy. And the only reason why I have not pushed Colt McCoy into moving traffic is because it is currently against the fucking law. But if I knew I can get away with it, I would. Just that easy. Some people just have punchable faces. I don't know where I was going with that. Russell fucking Wilson. I just want to punch him. I do. But again, I was offended. Because here's the thing about Russell fucking Wilson. He is worth $20 trillion. When he goes home for playing in the Super Bowl... Again, I don't know if you guys know how this works. Pretty much when the season's over, everything, every paycheck past that is considered like overtime. You get a check so fucking big for just showing up to the Super Bowl. It's absurd. It's fucking up. And I remember listening to Joe Theismann once. That was 1984, 1983, 1984. <clears throat> and he was mic'd up. And you can hear him talking to the Washington football team before the game. Getting them all hyped up. Let's do this. Let's come on, come on, come on. This is our big shot. And I remember he said, and let's go get that $70,000 check. $70,000 back in 1983. That's just for showing up to the Super Bowl. Not seventy grand for the team, for each player. That was when I was 11 years old. Imagine how much those guys are getting now. My point is, Russell Wilson is just fine financially. You can't snort that money away. Now, I'm just now finding out what the fuck a Sierra is, but he has this beautiful wife, healthy kids. His wife is actually talented as shit. Again, I didn't know who she was. She's some pop singer girl. I Fuck, I don't listen to today's music. It's garbage. But today's kids gobble that shit up. He's got endorsements. 
you know what? Hold on. And I kind of sound like Laura Ingram now, right? Shut up and dribble, right? What do you got to complain about? Shut the fuck up, Robert Reed. We're going to look up Russell Wilson's net worth. And I'm only doing this game to prove a fucking point. Russell, God damn it, Spacebar, Wilson, net worth. All right, my man's not broke. So again, it's on the internet, so it has to be true. But again, even if you cut this in half, his net worth is $135 million. You have one of the greatest jobs on the planet. You're one of the 33 finest athletes literally on the planet. That's how many starting quarterbacks there are. You mean to tell me that the altar boy sitting in the Vatican right now who's getting drilled in his ass, his butthole looks like a fucking manhole cover, Russell. He isn't praying for God to stop it. He's begging God to stop it. And you'll never guess. You'll never guess what God's not going to do. But you mean to tell me that your God stood on your shoulder and said, hey, Russ, you got to learn a lesson, motherfucker. You see the guy in the green jersey? Yeah, don't throw it to him. Throw it to the other guy. Yeah, so you can lose the game. I need to teach you a lesson. Again, it... it, it, it this is, this is exactly what athletic Christians do, right? Tim Tebow, again, he, believe it or not, he is, Russell Wilson is actually more obnoxious of a Christian as Tim Tebow, right? He is. But again, Tim Tebow jerks Jesus off before, during, and after every game, has John 3.16 and verses from the Bible on his eye black. You actually think that your God is looking after you, and again, you may not see it like that, but while ignoring everyone else's problems. And I know, I know, I know, is when you guys say, oh, Robert, that's not how prayer works. You don't understand. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says maybe. Shut the fuck up. Again, there is no difference between that and fucking chance. You actually just described chance, right? I got to go make groceries after this. I may get to the grocery store. I may not get to the grocery store. I may get wiped out by an 18-wheeler. I don't know. You literally just described fucking chance. But again, this is what athletes do. And I remember, and I take back what I said, gang. I prayed one time, and I'll never forget. It was one of the most exciting games I ever played in. I think I've mentioned this in other podcasts or maybe my two-minute videos on Twitter. Texas versus Virginia in Austin. My senior year, gang, we won that, was it 16 to 17? Yeah, it was literally no time on the clock, like two, three seconds. 46, 47-yard field goal into the fucking win. Now, the guy that I played football with, Phil Dawson, I told y'all, this guy's range started as soon as he walked out of the dormitory. He could kick a field goal from anywhere in the fucking city. And Phil was ice cold. You couldn't shake him. You could freeze the kicker 90 times in a row. And his mindset was, just tell me when you want me to kick it. I'll be there. Gang, it was at least 85,000 people. It was a sellout crowd. We were on our knees. And even I was praying. Downset hike. Kick goes up, 
And again, it's like 46 yards into the wind. If they would have backed Phil up another five to seven yards, he still would have made it. Gang, I screamed myself hoarse. I just remember throwing my helmet up in the air. I prayed my monkey ass off. I did. Which makes me just as fucking arrogant as every fucking Christian athlete who sits there and thinks that your God, you're so important. Right? But what again, does your God have a bookie in Vegas? What the fuck's the matter with you guys? Me that one time. Right? I got 100 on Texas, Jack. Let it ride, baby. Right? You really think you're so important that your God is going to let you win a game. But right now, Mrs. Johnson just found out she's got cervical cancer. Her family is praying their asses off. Your God's not going to answer it. So again, it's the arrogance of thinking that you are so fucking important. And to get it out of the athletics field, right? Again, just prayer in general. It is selfish. And I think y'all have heard this one before. If the bride and the farmer pray for the same thing, who did God's, who, whose prayer, uh, prayers did he answer? The bride wants a crystal clear day, partly cloudy, a little bit of breeze, right? This is my day. The farmer, yeah, not so much, Jack. Those crops are dying on the vine. This is how this farmer feeds the family. This farmer needs rain badly by like last week. So if the if the God that you guys believe in, if he grants the uh, bride her clear-cut day, does that mean your God is butt-fucking the farmer? And vice versa. Prayer is inherently fucking selfish, right? And again, let's say that story was true, that Shikari's replacement actually said what she said. God's going to use me to uh, send the message that you shouldn't do drugs. You really think you're that fucking important that the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people behind you who have tried but failed, you really think that you're so fucking important that God's going to use you as his conduit? Again, he, he can create a universe in six days you know what's real fucked up about that? Again, if the Christian God, excuse that belch, hashtag unprofessional. If the Christian God is real, as I just sat there and hit puberty, wouldn't it be easier just to eliminate meth? Wouldn't it just be easier to eliminate cocaine? Right? He's going to let thousands and thousands and thousands of people across the globe every day OD so that this one Olympic sprinter can go get one person off of marijuana? What? Again, it is inherently selfish. Look at me. Look how important I am. God is going to use me to stop people from using drugs when all your God has to do is snap his fingers and just eliminate all drugs. Oh, Robert, that eliminates free will. Shut the fuck up. I've already explained to y'all about fucking free will. Under the God model, there's no such fucking thing, right? And again, if some apologist was on the other line, this is when they go into fucking apologetics mode and hermeneutics. Somebody takes you out of context. Go fuck yourself. I was a Christian for 39 years. Right? 
But again, no matter how much shucking and jiving and backpedaling and word games that they play, you cannot have free will under the model of an all-knowing God who has an unchanging plan. That right there negates free will. Shut the fuck up. And again, oh, Robert, oh, it's taking theologians. No, no. Like I said in the other podcast, give me 10% of all your income. I'll make this shit crystal clear. The Trinity only doesn't make sense when you have to play Christian games. Free will doesn't make sense only when you have to make uh, play Christian games. Under the God model, there's no such thing as free will. He knows everything you're going to do before you say and fucking do it. You want to know why? He planned it that way. So the person who right now just OD'd on cocaine because your God is so loving, right? God wanted him to die. You want to know why? It was within his plan. So fuck you, Andrew God. All right. We're moving right the fuck on. We're about to switch gears. But you know how we switch gears on this show? Hold on. You know what time it is. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. All right, next one up. First and foremost, gang, let me say this. Hold on. What the fuck is this? Okay. First and foremost, gang, I want to say to her family, I, I got no punchline. I got no jokes. None at all. Right? I don't care the circumstances. When you get a phone call, Letting you know that your loved one is dead, regardless of what happened. It fucking sucks. Trust me, I'm a fucking expert on it right now. So to her family, I got I got nothing bad to say about you. Nothing. And I honestly and truly, for what you're going through, I am sorry for your loss. I, I, I'm going to make no jokes about that. Now, the actual person, on the other hand, she can eat a bag of dicks. I feel absolutely, positively no sympathy for Ashley fuckface, fuck me, fuck you, babbit, bobbit, whatever the fuck your name is. Now, if you don't know who that is, dig your fucking heels in and you better put on a cup because I'm not holding back on this one. Ashley is the person who was shot. I don't know, what was she using a fake $20 bill? No. Right? Was she holding onto a cell phone, eating Skittles? No. She was one of the assholes who stormed the Capitol on January the 6th. You remember? The terrorist. The terrorist. They were domestic fucking terrorists. They were terrorists. Say it with me. Those fuckers were terrorists. Imagine what would happen. And I bullshit you not. This isn't what aboutism. This isn't anything like that. Let me check on buddy. All right, buddy, so asleep. Imagine if those people were brown skin and wearing a turban. Half of you right now just had a cold shiver go up your spine, and the other half of you just shit on yourself. Imagine it wouldn't have been. It would have been a massacre. Imagine if a bunch of brown people whose name are Yachmed and Yachmed stormed our capital with headdresses on, ripping the fucking gas masks off of Capitol Police, <clears throat> beating one with an American flag pole with an American flag still on it, taking the police shields, smashing, smashing the fucking windows, Jack, 
breaking into Nancy Pelosi's office, stealing her mail, putting his feet on the fucking uh, desk while wearing again his turban, his headdress. It would have been a massacre. And you know I'm right. Ashley, she was no different. She was just like every one of those fucking Trump-looking assholes that you see on YouTube. We're going to get our country back, motherfuckers. You like it, Democrats, and your socialism. De hey, Ashley, define socialism. Socialism is bad because Trump says she was one of those, gang. She was one of those. And before someone wants to interject <clears throat> that she was an Air Force veteran, I need to speak with her uh, with respect. In related news, I only have one fucking testicle. I don't care that she was in the Air Force. I don't. What she did that day was completely independent of her service to her country. That day, she was a fucking domestic terrorist, Jack. And she was one of those. Remember the scene? They are fucking, it's a human battering ram. They are trying to break the doors down. One of them on the side of you, you can tell he took the police shield and was smashing the glass. You see two, uh, uh, I was about to say campus cops, capital cops. They're sitting there in a side view. You can only see their arms. Now, I've learned this term here. I've I told you, I'm trying to learn about guns. They had trigger discipline. Their finger was not on the fucking um, on the fucking trigger. They're pointing at their screaming orders. And I'm assuming this is procedure. They yell, fire, fire, fire. And then they pumped around in her chest and she fell. And you saw the body just drop. Gang, I've got no sympathy. None at all whatsoever. None. Zip. Zero. Again, what happened on January the 6th was a fucking disgrace. She was one of them. And again, this is, again, what I've said it before. When your model of reality does not comport with actual reality, worse things tend to happen. Again, Trump lost. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already on my side. You know the orange baboon, the serial rapist, the, the fucking philanderer, the bad father. He lost. And he lied. And those lies gassed up that mob. Now, you guys have probably at least five people apiece in your life who actually think Donald Trump's won the election. And again, uh, any other lie? Again, your, your lie is only as devastating as the results they cause. I've said another podcast. These people bought into this bullshit. This is what I said yesterday. That unearned, or two days ago, unearned white victim uh, status. Trump had these people biting on the non-fact that their way of life was in danger. They're coming for you, white people, white Christians. How the fuck did Donald Trump get it over on these assholes that they were actually, that he was a Christian? Oh, my God. Again, y'all remember when he was at fucking Liberty giving a speech? Liberty actually recruited me. You know that? Yeah. You know what I told them? Go fuck yourself. I am not going to a religious school. And I was religious at the time. Hell no. Nah. 
But his monkey ass sat up there. And this was after the debacle when they asked him, you know, name your best Bible verse, your favorite Bible verse. He didn't know any. And he was lying like a kid, right? He, it's not that it was private because he doesn't know the first fucking thing about the Bible. I'm an atheist. And not only can I outquote and out Bible your average Christian, I can run circles around that fucker. But he sat up there and he, they gave him a prop Bible and he was like, and I'm sure someone had to point it out. But he was like, two Corinthians. I mean, right, that's the whole ballgame, right? He never once spoke to two Corinthians, <laughs> which is second Corinthians, you fucking asshole. Right? How did that fucker get anyone over that he's a fucking Christian? But back on topic, he made them feel that their Christian way of life was under attack. And if you think I'm bullshitting, how hard did this country cheer for the Muslim ban? Because Muslim, of course, is bad. And I'm going to write that point down. Because y'all know I'm all over the fucking place. Hold on, Muslim. Man. Because I am looking at the clock. I'm pressing up on the 29-minute mark. You know the drill. Say it with me. The weasel is about to be drained. I'm about to freshen up this delicious motherfucking Hendrix. And then I'll be back for part two of Gin and Truth. Let's go. All right, I'm black. All right, we just left off on the whole Muslim band shit. And again, if you think I'm bullshitting, that I'm exaggerating, maybe using some hyperbole, again, Look how hard this country cheered when Donald fuckface Trump legalized bigotry. Because here's the fucked up thing, gang. If I'm not uh, mistaken, those seven countries that he banned, we didn't have a problem with them. We, we, we really didn't. And again, even if we did, and I've said this before, and I'm going to keep hounding on this one. The biggest threat is right fucking here. Again, statistically speaking, you are infinitely more likely. Another belch. Hashtag unprofessional. You are infinitely more likely to lose your life from the, your white next door neighbor who's pissed off at the world than you are someone's name that you can't readily pronounce. Donald Trump told those people that if I'm not here to protect your whiteness, you are fucked. I mean, what was it? Um, was it Al Gore who refused to concede? Look, look, look what happened. Uh, a big fat nothing sandwich. You notice how Al Gore supporters didn't go and wreck shop? You want to know why? Other than the fact he was politically bland as shit, right? About as exciting as two scoops of fucking mayonnaise. And not even the good shit. Not even that Duke stuff. Duke's got a pretty good flavor. Like that fucking generic shit that you get. You ever shop on Post? Oh, I have. You know what it says on the side? Mayonnaise. Right? It's like half mayonnaise, half glue, a couple sprinkles of welcome. Oh, it's fucking horrible. I'm talking about that shit. That dude was bland. There was no way he was going to make it. Back on topic. 
again, Al Gore didn't concede because he thought he won. Al Gore fought for himself. You know what Al Gore did not do? He didn't issue empty threats to his followers. Yo, if Al Gore is not the fucking president, the Mexicans are coming for... You see what I'm saying? And for every person who sits there, and again, this is one of the reasons why I no longer have this discussion. If you actually think, and I've had people tell me this, if you actually think that Donald Trump didn't incite the riots, you've drank the Kool-Aid. Again, I will debate you right after I finish my debate with flat earthers, people who think storks bring babies, and those that think my ex-wife's a good person. I, we just don't have enough foundationally to have this fucking conversation, Jack. Donald Trump sparked those fires, and he's been sparking those fires ever since he became politically relevant. Right? And so Ashley Fuckface Babbitt, she, she was just one of them. Right? And again, you want to know why I'm not shedding a bunch of tears? At first I did. I'm not going to lie. And believe it or not, I'm not necessarily dancing on her grave. But again, it's kind of like the whole OJ shit. Right? Again, I told you, OJ's guilty as shit. I believe that in my heart. But the reason why I cheered in, uh, was it 94, 95, when, they, when the verdict came down? Again, the exact same justice system that has been fucking us. I'm not even going to say fuck white people. Spotted us one. And again, now all of a sudden, oh, we have to revamp. Oh, no, no, we don't. Fuck you. Right? Again, George Floyd died on the suspicion of a $20 bill. We all saw that man lose his fucking life, and it split this country in half. Ashley Babbitt, that raggedy bitch, stormed the station's capital. You know, the sacred grounds. She's supposed to be a fucking patriot, right? And so, again, this isn't a one-off. This isn't a push. Flando Castile was murdered for following the law. Yeah. Again, a meager traffic stop, like lights or some shit, a taillight, which officially should not end your life. But that was a licensed fucking carrier, Jack. And he followed the rules of what you're supposed to do and say when a cop pulls you over and there's a pistol in the car. Right? There was nothing good about storming that capital. She drank the Kool-Aid. She believed a lie, and that lie costed her her life. Again, this isn't a push. This isn't that stupid-ass uh, white victimhood excuse of, well, Robert, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Shut the fuck up. This isn't two wrongs make a right. She was a domestic terrorist. Again, just imagine if Ashley Babbitt's name was something that you couldn't pronounce. You know, I don't know, Rashida Tlaib, Right? Fuckface Marjorie Taylor, fuckface, fuck me, fuck you, Cro-Magnon man, intellectual fucking troglodyte, knuckle-dragging, open-mouth-breathing, evolution, Mr. Skip Green. She she thinks that uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib aren't actual members of Congress. Why? They didn't swear on the Bible. Someone forgot to tell that stupid raggedy bitch, that's not a requirement. You don't. Atheists can swear in, and we can say we solemnly swear. 
If you're a Muslim and you want to put your hand on the Quran and say whatever Muslims say, you can do that. Right? I mean, these fucking morons don't know shit, but these are the people who make our laws. Hashtag, you should be scared. Now, where the fuck was it? <laughs> no, I was talking about that. Oh, Ashley fucking Babbitt. Okay. Again, if her name was a Muslim name, if she had brown skin, gang, she wouldn't even made it into the fucking building. Like I said, they would have pulled out a tank and nuked those grounds, Jack. And again, the, the sad part, again, I saw some of the interviews with their family members. Again, it, that's the part that I feel bad about. I do. And I remember her uncle just, he couldn't speak. He, he was fucking devastated because he's supposed to be. And he's using all these words to describe his deceased niece. And he, I remember the, one of the last things he said was she was a passionate Trump supporter. And I'll never know the reason why. He, it didn't make sense to him. It's not supposed to make sense. This is a cult. And this is what happens when you follow your cult. Like I said, I mean, this dude has lied from the moment he was born to the right fucking now this second. You remember what he said when he was behind plexiglass? Right? We're going to march up 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I'll be right there with you. Where was his monkey ass? He was in a fucking bunker, Jack. Protected by secret fucking service. He lied. And as a result, over now, and I gave y'all some rogue information a while back. There have been close to 500 arrests. People are starting to get hemmed up. That portion is good, right? But again, here we are. George Floyd killed on the suspicion of using fake money. She stormed one of the most sacred buildings on American soil. She got shot, right? And you got people defending her, which I just don't seem to get it. But before I move off of this topic, gang, it's one of those where it's like, this just feels perversely good. Just like fuckface Greg Abbott, I got to use all the Republican talking points against him, right? You're a snowflake, you're offended, all that other shit, blah, 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 blah. Before I switch topics, I want to run down the hit list of what they tell black people. Stop and frisk shouldn't be an issue. Ashley, if you had nothing to hide. I know I'm supposed to feel bad, but I don't. I feel bad for her family. But again, both of them, John, sat in his house. He smoked a joint and ate a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Let's go ask him how good those Cheerios. Oh, we can't because he was murdered in his fucking living room. And these are all the things. I still remember when they talked about both of They said, well, why didn't you just comply? Right? If you just would have complied, she wouldn't have shot him. You want to know why? Because if someone comes into my house and says, get out of that chair and stand up. It's like, motherfucker, this is my kingdom. You can first start by getting the fuck out of my house. You weren't invited. Right? So again, they make excuses. I just said this in my Twitter videos. They demonize the victim. And they make the fucking murderers an angel. They make excuses for him. So I'm going to keep going on fucking Ashley Babbitt. If you didn't resist arrest, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Why couldn't you just follow the law? I bet she comes from a father's household, right? And every time this shit comes up, right? It's like, what about Chicago? I don't know. What about Beverly Hills? Right? I mean, fuck me. 
She swallowed the fucking Kool-Aid and she stormed the Bastille. This is what, again, imagine, in case you're feeling a little bit crunchy, imagine what would happen instead of 10,000 white people, imagine what that scene would have looked like if every person in there or the overwhelming majority was brown or olive skin and had on a religious headdress, a turban. What if all the women were dressed in burkas? So no, 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 you couldn't pay me money to feel bad about this shit. For her family, yeah. Getting that phone call out of nowhere, no matter how much of an asshole your family member was or is, getting that sudden phone call to say, hey, Jack, time to plan a funeral. Not sexy, not fun. But for her breaking the law, and again, if it was a bunch of brown people, the word terrorist would be used way more than it is now. So no, Ashley Babbitt, you stormed the Bastille, Jack. You got shot. You shouldn't have been talking shit. Gang, we're going to move on to another topic. And it's not going to be too much better. But you know, we turned the page on this show. Hold on, you know what time it is. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth, let's go. Gang, I don't know where to start on this one. Let's start with Rachel Nichols. Now, if you don't know who that is, Rachel is an anchor on ESPN. And you know what? She's damn good at her job. I like her work, right? Rachel stepped in it. She did. Rachel had made a comment not knowing. I don't think she knew she was being recorded while she was talking to LeBron, Ange- LeBron James's uh, press person, right? Mm, excuse that belch. Hashtag unprofessional. I got another one. Hashtag unprofessional. And she had made the comment because Maria Taylor, who I'm about to describe here in a little bit, got a promotion. I can't remember what it is. She's now going to host her anchor, but she got the nod and apparently Rachel did it. Rachel's white. Maria Taylor is black. She had made the comment something along the lines of the reason why she got it is because she's black. Okay. Let's put Rachel off to the side for a second. Let's talk about my main girl, Maria motherfucking Taylor. Now, gang, Maria Taylor is fucking phenomenal. And she doesn't need me here. Trust me. I've seen her dig off on someone's ass. She does not need me to defend her for shit. So this isn't some fucking Captain Save-A-Ho moment here. Now, I'm not her knight in shining armor. Hell, she could probably kick my Matter of fact, I know she could kick my ass. She's a former college uh, basketball player. But this woman is fantastic at her job, right? This woman was born to do sports commentary and report on sporting events, right? She works her ass off. She sounds and she looks great on the mic. And more importantly than anything, gang, she knows her shit. What is or is not between her legs has got nothing to do this story. Maria Taylor, when she talks about sports, she is dripping with knowledge. She is good at her job. No, she's fantastic at her job. And more importantly, she's tough as fucking nails because what has been predominantly, and again, again, I was alive for it, right? And it was that stupid, archaic debate on should women be allowed to report on men's sports, Right? And I was part of that generation where it started, you you noticed, 
Because if you don't know how this works, gang, uh, let's say ABC is reporting on the same game as NBC. How it works is whoever gets that quote first, right? That's what you're going for, right? So if ABC got to Robert Reed before anybody else, it's like, Robert, you had three sacks in one game. And I say something, whatever. ABC now gets to say in an exclusive or first coming from ABC, it's all about timing in the press game. Who can get it first? Well, women who are just now starting to break that energy is like, this isn't fair. It just, it really isn't fair. You're like, well, why not? Because John from ABC is allowed in the locker room while Robert Reed just got out of the shower or his butt naked changing. John can go in there and go get that story. By the time I get out to the press pool, John already has 10 lines from Robert Reed. Susie, on the other hand, she's waiting for the quote from the third string backup who didn't do shit. So he just gets up there and says, hook him? So she gets to write on that. I was there when they started to change that rule. And that's not that they allowed women in the locker room while we were changing. But when I was playing, it was, okay, after the game, the players have an hour to, you know, get a sandwich, shit, shower and shave, change clothes, and then go to the press pool. Now, Susie and John can both ask Robert Reed a question at the same time, right? So I was there for that change. I was playing during that time. Maria is fucking phenomenal. And she's so good. I'm trying to remember. She, she wasn't the first woman on the sidelines for Monday Night Football. But what was it? Was it Sunday night? Now nah, I should. I should have done a little bit more research. <clears throat> but and, and in case you don't know, gang, a great commentator can literally make or break your viewing experience. Right? And every time she steps up, she makes your fucking viewing experience. If you think I'm bullshitting, Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott was that strong safety in the 80s and the early 90s. Gang, he was fucking phenomenal. He was a linebacker who could run like a DB. And every time he, and again, these are things that you can't do nowadays. Ronnie Lott could not play in today's game. Every time Ronnie Lott tried to hit you, he tried to murder you. Right? He's an all pro. He's a Hall of Famer. He set the standard. Then he went to the voting booth, uh, into the um, uh, announcing booth. He was fucking terrible, man. He was awful. He his, his talent on the football field did not translate. And when you watch the game, you didn't want to watch the game. As good as a player as he was, he sucked as an announcer. <clears throat> Emmett Smith. Hey, Emmett Smith is a Sigma man, just like I am. Blue, 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 blue fight. You, 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 you know. Emmett is the NFL's all-time leading fucking rusher. You know how many great names you had to pass to get to the number one slot? He was phenomenal. And he sucked as an announcer. And he ruined your game-watching experience. Not so much with Maria Taylor. She knows her shit. And I was, again, she was either the first woman to do a Monday or a Sunday night game on the side. I'm trying to remember. But, again, she's a former athlete. And you know what? She still looks it. Her body is sick. Maria is actually beautiful. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And on the sidelines, she wore a form-fitting, appropriate 
but form-fitting outfit. She's got the body for it. Way to go. Her shoulder was showing. And then some shock jock made, you know, a comment about her looking like a porn star or a whore. She was going to like the AVN Awards or some shit like that. Gang, the only time I've seen someone get intellectually shredded this bad was when Vivian Stringer went after Don Imus for calling the Rutgers basketball team a bunch of nappy-headed hoes. It was the greatest intellectual double-leg takedown I've ever seen. Maria was second. So again, she doesn't need me here to defend her. And again, she's tough. She's talented. And more importantly, she knows her shit what makes her good at her job. But let's play with what uh, Rachel said for just a little bit. Let's say what Rachel said is true and it's not. That some way, somehow, Maria got the job simply because she was black. Again, in no way, shape, or form is that true. Again, anyone who says that, Rachel, in my opinion, said it because basically she didn't get asked to play in the sandbox, right? What you heard was nothing but sour grapes. But let's say what she said is true, that the only reason why Maria got the job was because she was black. Okay, once again, this isn't a one-off, gang. And what has Uncle Bobby always said about equality? Equality is that thing that everyone loves to talk about, but not enough people want to participate in. Because equality means that you may not get a seat at the big table. Obviously, there's only a finite number of slots. Right? And so, again, it's like, and I can already hear some of the excuses coming in. Right? Again, it's not fair. This is reverse racism. And shut the fuck up. Again, let's go to the just the Uncle Bobby timeline. Again, stop telling me, and by me, I mean me, Maria, and everyone else, to just work harder when you didn't work hard. Again, I was I got into UT in 1991. I'm Generation X. I know lots of Longhorns, obviously who got in at or around the exact same time I did. Yay, hook them. We all graduated. Rewind just one generation. My parents, born in the 40s. That means all those people's parents were born in or around the 1940s. I told you, my dad was more athletic and infinitely smarter than I was. I made All-American out of school that told my dad no niggers allowed. All those people that I know who uh, I work around and with, white people, all their parents were Longhorns as well. My parents weren't allowed in. They never even bothered to unlock the door. Now let's rewind another generation. Their grandparents, just about every white person I work with who went to UT, their grandparents went to UT. My grandparents, I know for a fact, actually, none of them. Big mama, my dad's mom, mama and papa, they didn't get out of elementary school, Jack. They're, they were functionally illiterate. My Aunt Sadie, her husband, before she went to the nursing home, while Sadie was still sick, just sick, died in a nursing home. She knew she wasn't going to make it much longer. So her husband would carry her to the store. 
not to make groceries so that she could show him these are the green beans. This He couldn't read what was on the fucking label, Jack. So while your grandparents went and graduated college, mine, yeah, <laughs> didn't even finish uh, elementary school. And it's not because, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't have a choice. You had to contribute to the family's bottom line. And that was just to be poor. Right? So fuck you. Now let's rewind just one, just so you guys know, Big Burke, my, my dad's dad, the guy that I told you about, who took my dad when he was like 10 years old to cut lynch black dudes down from trees. Big Burke was the first generation of my dad's family to have the benefits of Juneteenth. Do you know what that means? Big Burke was the first person in his family that was not a slave. You could not legal. you still treated him like one, but you could not legally own Big Burke. He was the first one. The guy that my dad sat down and had dinner with. So you guys don't think that this is like from 500 years ago and I'm 89 years old. I'm in my late 40s, Jack. These stories are real. So my great-grandparents, and again, I know people whose great-grandparents were like the first generation of Texas Longhorns. My great-grandparents were actually fucking slaves. So again, when you sit here and you say, well, it's not fair to the white people, where were these complaints when it wasn't affecting you? Right? Again, equality is that thing that everyone loves to talk about, but not enough people want to fucking participate in. But that's not what happened here. Maria is fucking phenomenal. She is tremendous at her job. She earned that fucking slot, Rachel. And that's no slight on Rachel. Like I said, Rachel is fucking phenomenal. She's just not as good as Maria Taylor. <clears throat> Maria earned that fucking slot. And so again, all this bullshit. And she did apologize. Rachel, to her credit, did apologize. Now, I need to see more. I, I can't lie. Because right now, I don't know if she is apologizing because she means it. Or she's apologizing. I just snorted. Did y'all hear that? Damn, I'm terrible. Or she's apologizing because her ass got caught. But again, Maria Taylor earned that fucking slot. But again, in some bizarro world universe where she actually did it, and she got it because she was black. Not a tear for me, Jack. Because again, no one felt sorry when it was the other way around. And again, if you truly want equality, you got to understand, it may be your ass on the chopping block. Are you prepared to pay that price? <clears throat> All right, gang. Uncle Bobby gave you a handful of problems. And in typical Uncle Bobby fashion, he's not going to leave you hanging. He's going to give you a bunch of motherfucking solutions. First one up, the arrogance of prayer. Shut the fuck up. Athletes, do you really think, well, maybe, do you really think you're that fucking important? <clears throat> do you really think that Father McFeely raping a kid comes second to you dunking a basketball? And again, I'm a former athlete, too, and a former Christian. And again, with the exception of one fucking time, I never prayed for victory. There were people starving. 
There are people being raped. There are people being beaten up. There are people being forced to fucking eat pepperoni, mushroom, and pineapple pizza. The world's a terrible place. But you pray so your sore elbow is cured so you can pitch in game five of the World Series. Your elbow is cured. You think God was looking out for you. But that family that's about to get evicted, fuck them, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's when you guys get to say, oh, it was just chance. Shut the fuck up. Again, no matter how you cut it, the the practice of prayer is inherently arrogant and fucking selfish. Next one up, Ashley Fuckface Babbitt. Shut the fuck up. Again, for your family, yeah, I do. I don't wish that on anybody, right? That waking up one morning to get the news that again, you need to plan a funeral. It's fucking terrible. No es bueno. But for you, I got nothing. Because again, replace the name Ashley Babbitt with Muhammad Akbar. Those fuckers would not have been able to take 10 steps on capital grounds. It would have been a slaughter. Y'all remember that scene in fucking Underworld when the lichens were charging the fucking uh, wall and the fucking vampires had those fucking long bows and they were fucking crossing. It was all kinds of fucked up. The wolves were trying to zigzag and they were just picking off the fucking wolves. It was a slaughter. It was one of my favorite scenes, actually. That's exactly what that shit would have looked like, right? This is what happens when your model of reality doesn't match fucking reality. Ashley was a victim of fucking drinking the Kool-Aid and she got shot in the fucking chest as a result. Trump supporters, wake the fuck up. Lastly, but not leastly, Rachel Nichols, shut the fuck up. Maria Taylor just outbounced you, Jack. That's it. She's better. She is by every fucking measure. That's why she got the job and you didn't. Right? Again, easy to sit here and say it's because she was black. No. She's just better. Right? And again, even if you're right, I still don't feel sorry for you. I don't. Because again, say it with me, gang, one more time. Equality is that thing that everyone wants to participate in, but not enough. Oh, everyone wants to talk about, but not enough people want to participate in. It means you may not get a slot at the table. And again, are you ready to pay that price? But back to Rachel Nichols, you're just not as good. That's it. Y'all are both incredibly talented reporters. I love both your work. Miss Taylor just kicked your ass. Gang Uncle Bobby has held you long enough. He's signing the fuck off. Gin and truth. Let's go. Yeah.